Welcome to Social Capital Expert, a show where we discover the value of social capital and how cultivating strategic relationships is critical to our success. In each episode, your host, Sarah Francis McDaniel, will explore the stories of fascinating people from all over the world to better understand how their ability to build relationships has led to their success. We will uncover tips, tricks, and practical ways that you too can become a social capital expert. Hi, and welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have my special guest and my friend, Adam Fenton. Adam, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's an honor to be here and uh, to spend some time with you here this morning. Well, um, I know a little bit about your story, but I'm excited to hear more. And, um, you know, where I'd like to start is if you'll just tell us a little bit about yourself, like maybe where you're from, kind of how you got started. Sure. Um, I grew up in small town Iowa, uh, the cornfields of Iowa. Didn't even grow up in a town, grew up outside of town. Um, always knew from a young age, uh, you know, I was able to play sports and travel a lot and, and see, you know, a little bit more outside of just what small town Iowa was all about. So once I went to college, uh, I knew I was probably leaving and never going to come back. Um, so I went to college and actually studied finance and real estate both. So have degrees in both and thought I wanted to sell homes. That was really what I, what I thought I was going to do. And, uh, ended up going to university in Northern Iowa. They have a real estate program there and learned all about commercial real estate, uh, at that time and ended up on the five and a half year plan. So it took a, <laughs> a little bit of time to get through college. Um, but during that time I took a semester off and worked an internship. Uh, at Principal Real Estate Investors, which is one of the largest institutional investors in the U.S. and got lucky enough to have uh, a job offer coming out of college in 2006 and spent the first uh, five years of my career um, learning at Principal. We were, at, when I was there, we were the third largest owner of real estate in the U.S., so very big, uh, very high level, and just, uh, you know, spent my time there and the Great Recession came and was lucky enough to still have a job. We got really, really busy during that time. And once we kind of got through that, I decided it was time for me to make uh, a move and was either going to go to Chicago or Denver and got a job offer in Denver in early 2011 and, and made the move. So that's, that's how I ended up in Denver almost you know, a little over nine years ago now. Okay, so nine years. I was curious how long you'd been here. Yeah. Um, you made a comment that I was curious. So when you said you left Iowa, you knew you were never going back. Was it just that you felt like something bigger on the inside than the small town that you had lived in? Or what was it that made you think that? Yeah, um, that, that's exactly it. You know, I think small town is a great place to grow up. Uh, small town Iowa, you know, good values. It's farm. It's definitely farm country. You know, we would, I mean, in second grade, we would disappear into the woods for, you know, all day long and just had to be back by dark. So great place to grow up. But as I got older, I found that uh, there, there just wasn't a lot of diversity. There wasn't a lot of opportunity. Um, and that was just something that I really, really wanted and, and knew that in order to get that, I was probably going to have to leave small town Iowa for sure and ended up in Des Moines, which which was great as well, but even that was, you know, maybe a little smaller than I was ultimately looking for. Yeah, that's interesting. I have kind of a similar experience, and that was sort of the feeling I felt when I left the small towns I had been raised in and came and ended up in Denver, but it was that idea that I just sensed that there was more, and I love that you said diversity, because that was part of mine too. It's like, 
there's got to be like more of the picture than what I'm seeing right now. Right, right. What I'm seeing yeah. right now is great and I'm appreciative and it's like made me who I am. Uh, but there's got to be uh, something that has more um, colorful op like things happening in it, you know, a bigger, right. a bigger picture than what I'm seeing right from this perspective. Yeah, no, so. yeah, no doubt. No doubt. When you're in those small towns too, it's, you're very limited on, okay, you know, these, this is your friend group, right? You know, it's only, it's only a select few people you get to choose from and you might not resonate with them, but you still, you still have to be friends with them and just exposure to the arts and restaurants and, you know, all of those type of things was something I always enjoyed. I, and I don't know why it just, that, yeah uh, joy to my life so uh, it, i knew it was gonna um be at some point in time i was gonna make that move awesome so were you always passionate about real estate um not 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 at first i kind of fell into it you know it's uh it's a really good question and and really you know growing up in small town iowa there's not a, you know there's no skyscrapers there's a little bit of retail buildings but it's it's very limited um but i saw what I saw what you could do buying houses um, and, you know, having other people pay your mortgage. So that's what really got me interested in it was owning homes. And then once I got into it, you know, I hadn't even thought about who owns all these skyscrapers and big buildings downtown. You know, when you go to Chicago, New York, never even really crossed my mind. And then got exposure to that when I got into, into school and really it kind of combined two things that I, that I was passionate about. And, and one was, was finance. I always enjoyed finance, stock market, um, everything that goes along with that. And then, and then the real estate component too. Um, you know, so you, really that's what, that's what real estate is, right? It's, it's cash flow. It's an asset that, um, you know, creates value over the long term. So it was kind of a combination of finance and real estate all in one that, that I was able to really kind of find my niche and, and did find that I loved it once I got into it. That's awesome. Uh, okay, so you graduate college, you get a job in Denver, then tell us more. Yeah, so I came to Denver early 2011, March of 2011, and worked for a private equity firm here for a very short period when I first moved here, but it got, it got me out here. And then I went to, um, I, I went to Holland Partner Group at that point in time and joined uh, Eric Hagovic over there who started the office and I had known him from my principal days and, you know, he, I didn't have a lot of development experience, but he, he was looking for someone and this is, this is coming out of the recession. No one's really doing much of anything. And, um, you know, he contacted me and said, you know, hey, there's this opportunity. Are you interested in joining? And I said, yes. So I went over there um, and we, you know, we had a lot of equity money behind us, which was great. So we were able to really tie up some great sites coming out of the, the recession at really good prices. And basically oversaw development projects for Holland for the next, call it four, four and a half years after, after that. Um, wow. And was able to get some exposure, great learning experience. We were kind of learning on the, I was learning on the fly, kind of thrown into the fire. Had never, had development is much, much different than what I was doing before. It's, it is real estate, but development is, um, you know, very, very detailed, very nuanced. You're usually working on two, maybe three projects at once where before when I was at principal, I was working on a two to $3 billion portfolio. So you wow. you're very, very high level. And now I'm, now I'm in the weeds and yeah. working designers and architects and you know 
luckily didn't, uh, you know, just, just was surrounded by really great people and who, who really kind of let me get on their coattails and, and learn. Uh, and was able to work on some great projects, spent a lot of time down in the Union Station neighborhood at Holland, working on projects down there. Uh, and that was before anything was really down there. So really, really interesting time uh, to be a part of that and really see the city, the city change, yeah. especially in that, in that area. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing. And um, you brought yeah. up a couple of things. One is that um, it was a relationship that sort of took you from the job that you had to the job that you ended up with at Holland. Um, and so do you see that, you know, relationships as you look back on your life were key in some of those um, transitions that you've had? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, that's what I would say. Every job that I have had is not because I've sent a, res a blank, you know, just a, a blind resume in and had no idea who was on the back end receiving or anything like that. It's, it's all about the relationships and, and who you know. And especially, you know, I think it's definitely that way across all industries and, you know, creating really meaningful, meaningful relationships too. It's not surface level, it's, it's really meaningful. And I think that, you know, that's, that's, that's the key to it. You know, as I look back, it's like, it was always, I always knew someone who knew someone or I knew that person. So, I mean, relationships are, are key and I don't, I don't see how you get ahead without it. You know, I knew you felt that way, but I just wanted to make sure you know, <laughs> so that everyone else knew you felt that yeah. way too. Um, you know, and the other thing that I've heard you say already, um, twice, even just since we've been talking the short time is, just the opportunity that was found um, in the midst of the recession, in the midst of um, coming out of the recession and just how, you know, the companies that you were involved in or the opportunities that presented themselves to you really were strategic in taking advantage of what seemed like maybe a, a downtime, which was a downtime, didn't seem like it was, but there, even in the midst of that, there was, there was a lot of opportunity. And I think in mm -hmm. light of sort of where we are in this, um, you know, in this worldwide pandemic situation, there's a lot of um, uncertainty and instability that people are experiencing. But do you think that having seen and been a part of the opportunities in the midst of the recession helps you see that as a reality right now? I do. Um, and I think no matter what type of situation we're in, there's, there's always different ways to to look at the situation you can take a very negative approach or you can take a positive approach and you know it's really about mindset and it's it's being self-aware and, and conscious of what your mind is thinking and where you let your mind go and there's a book called the obstacle is the way and it's one of the best books i've ever read it's a it's a series of little write short stories down. write it down uh it's a quick read it's a, a little over 100 pages but it goes just goes through examples in history where you know, people, some you know, some you don't, have had what most would consider really, really unfortunate things happen to them. But these people were able to kind of flip, you know, they were able to flip the script and really take positive away from what most people would see as a negative. So that's the mindset that I try to go into. You know, we always find ourselves in situations that are uncomfortable, that, you know, it's poor me. Why did this happen to me at, at this time? Right. But I think there's always an opportunity to kind of flip that script and look at it from a different light. And, you know, one of the things of this pandemic, do I think there's going to be opportunity coming out of it? I do uh, from a real estate standpoint. Um, but more importantly, I think, you know, it's just 
a different way of living. And I think it's allowed us to slow down a little bit. You and I were talking about that earlier and really focus on the things that really are meaningful and, and matter. And I, I hope that that's some of the things that can come out of this, that, that people will make a life change. And hopefully we all slow down a little bit. I think we go too fast. We're on our phones too much and we don't appreciate the simple things and, you know, we, or, or we don't create a lot of moments um, or memories. And I think that's, you know, I try to do that with my kids when I spend time with them now is really just kind of disconnect from everything except what's going on with them at that point in time. Um, so I think there's all kind, you know, we talk opportunities. I think there's financial opportunities. I think there's growing opportunities. I think that, you know, there's, there's opportunities to enhance relationships, even though we're not face to face, we can spend more time, you know, talking about things that are real. So, you know, it's, it can be scary if you kind of let your mind go there. And I try to, you know, really be conscious and not, you know, it's hard, right? <laughs> it's definitely hard sometimes when you're, when you're cooped up and you can't get out, but not letting your mind go to a negative place and really writing that narrative so it's positive. Yeah, that's huge. And thank you for sharing, Adam, because I think you're right. You know, you said a couple of things in there. Um, one of the guests we've had on the show is Terry Cardula. And one of the things that she just says kind of as a mantra almost every time I talk to her, I feel like she says it is um, keeping the perspective and, and telling your brain and literally repeating it over and over that this isn't happening to me. This is happening for me. Mm -hmm. This isn't happening to me. This is happening for me. And just continuing to, to believe and invest in that thought. And, you know, for me, it's like, I, I personally, it's like, if I get too far in the future, I find myself paralyzed. Mm -hmm. If I start thinking about all the what ifs and the could be's and how like sad and horrible this could all go, because for whatever reason, when we get into the future, a lot of times we're not thinking about how awesome it could be um, <laughs> or how great it's going to be. You yeah, know, it's that, like, we're yeah. terrified, terrified by something that, um, this, this Jesus calling thing I read every morning says, there's one of them that says that, that the future looms like a phantom. And, and it was just interesting because it's like it looms and it isn't even real. It's a, it's a phantom. Right. It doesn't even you know, ex actually exist. Yeah. And you, yet, you create it in your head. Yeah. You know? And yet we, and then, we can be completely paralyzed by the fear that it can invoke. Right. 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 Yeah. And there's, I, but there's no question. I, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, when I, and I find though, when I stay in the present and I stay focused right here on what's happening in this moment, it's full of opportunity. I'm super yeah. excited. I feel like I can take action. It's like a whole different thing. And so you're right. It's like that opportunity oftentimes is found right in our mindset. Right, right. No, it is, you know, it's, uh, and no matter where we're at in the market, if it's a pandemic or, you know, the market's great or life is great, life sucks. There's, there's always, there's always opportunity to, to, you know, take advantage of whatever is around you. And it's just having that right mindset and having your eyes open. Yeah. Um, okay. So back on to what your journey. So you were yeah. with Holland Partners. You were part of a lot of that Union Station redevelopment, which has been huge and very cool yeah. in Denver. Uh, tell us more. Yeah. So I was at Holland about four and a half years, and we, uh, you know, Holland is a is a large institutional investor, uh, great company, and really, really taught me the ropes of what development is and what it's about. And very fortunate for that. But at that point in time, I, I wanted to go to a smaller, more entrepreneurial type organization. And, um, you know, I wasn't sure what I was going to do or what that looked like and ended up hooking up with Matt Joblin from BMC Investments and went, went over to BMC Investments and uh, was over there for gosh, almost four years. And it was a great learning experience. He's one of the 
he was smartest people I know, huge visionary. He's a and, guest on the show as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He's uh, yeah. He's he's great. So I was fortunate enough to spend you know over four years with with almost four years with him, and really concentrated in in Cherry Creek. That's where BMC you know really has made their mark and ha has come into the neighborhood in a big way, and uh, it was great for me. Uh, he thinks about things in a completely different manner and way and is the smartest when it comes to putting together deals and, and how they work. So getting that exposure and then, you know, up to that point in my career, I had been on the institutional side. And I mean, you have institutional and private and institutional is the, you know, the big, big money, billions and billions of dollars where the private world is more high net worth individuals is, you know, the equity that you're using for your projects. So it was really good for me to get that exposure. We had a really small team. It was myself, one other guy doing development. We had one construction guy and that was it. So we, you know, there's a lot of responsibility, a lot of learning. And, and like I said, I was able to, you know, oversee projects directly on a day-to-day -day basis uh, for, for BMC for almost four years. And, you know, really proud of the projects that I built when I was there and just uh, a great, great learning experience. That's and, where we met. That's where we you were. Yep. Yeah. It is. Yep. Doing some of the big projects down in uh, Cherry Creek and, and, yep. you know, and it, it was, it, you guys, uh, BMC as a whole was really, and it is known as thought leaders and trailblazers and really um, do some very cool things. And yeah. so then now where now bring us up to speed a little bit now. Cause I know yeah, you're doing so, some other stuff. <laughs> yeah. So um, about eight months ago, I, decided to start my start my own company um, and really wasn't sure at that point in time what what I wanted to do and what I was going to be focused on but I knew at that point in time I wanted to work for myself um, had always had an entrepreneurial um, you, you know bug I guess and just you know for whatever reason at certain point certain points in time throughout my career really wasn't probably ready to do it on my own and after having all the institutional investment experience and then spending time with with bmc and learning that world i i decided it was finally time to make make that jump so august congratulations of, yeah yeah so scary, um, I'm sure. scary super scary and look there you know and at the time i had a, a like a three-month-old you know, so, you know, probably not the most ideal time to, to make the jump. And, you know, when you, I, I wasn't sure, am I going to do development? Am I going to buy existing assets? I uh, wasn't sure what it was going to look like. And, uh, you know, really honed on a, on a business plan and have been able to execute pretty close to what that business plan was set out to be. So, um, yeah, it's kind of working for my own. It was pretty strange the first couple of days, you know, I, I woke up and rolled out of bed and literally just, you know, to not have anyone to really report back to or anything like that was a freeing experience and it was weird at the same time. And now that I've been doing it for a while, I don't know if I could ever go back to, to, to working for someone. And, and I shouldn't say that, right? Like we have investors in all of the projects. So that's really who I report to at the end of the day. Um, yeah. But, you know, I get to set the tone for my day. I get a, um, you know, really lay it out and focus on the things that are really, really meaningful and not waste time on things that aren't. Yeah. Can you share with us then, because I think about kind of making that journey and then talking to some people who have done that recently, um, you know, 
I would imagine that your network becomes even more valuable during this, these kind of jumping moments. And you, can you tell us a little bit about how your social capital and your relationships are really being leaned on during this time or how those are being utilized? Yeah. I mean, to be quite honest with you, to not, you can't be an entrepreneur and not have a strong network, network, especially within real estate. Uh, there, there are so many different components that go into real estate and development in specific. So having a really, really strong network around me uh, allowed that to happen. And when I say network, it's, it's all up and down. It's general contractors, it's architects, it's interior designers, it's, um, it's investors, it's partners, it's banks, you know, it's, there's, there's a lot that, you know, I always joke, it's kind of a, it's almost a quarterback position. It's like, what do I do? I don't really do anything. I just coordinate a lot of, you know, I put a lot of people together who are really, really smart and, um, you know, usually can come out with a, a great result at the end of the day. So, and that's kind of back to my comment earlier where I said, you know, at that earlier points in my career, I wasn't ready. And I, you know, a lot of it was, I didn't have the, you know, the, the network in place to be able to, go do it on my own. I had certain components, but not everything. And, you know, as of last year, I finally got to a point where I felt I had all that stuff in, in place and, and had a lot of different people lean on. And, you know, I think that's the one thing that's great about the real estate industry here in Denver too. You know, I have mentors and, and, you know, guys who would probably be considered competitors even, but we share a lot of insight, a lot of knowledge. And I think that's one of the unique things about, about Denver real estate, uh, probably compared to some other markets where other markets, it's, it's, you know, it's the shark tank, you know, people are trying to, trying to win at your, at your expense um, and vice versa. Where here, I think the mentality is more, you know, we all want to be successful and, you know, it's not, I don't want to win at someone else's demise. I'd, I want to see us all win. Um, so I think a net, that network as well, right? I'm going through this for the first time. So to be able to lean on people and really get their experience and get their perspective is, is huge and try to learn from their mistakes that they've made. And I've, I've made plenty and will continue to make plenty of mistakes, but, you know, try to really learn and lean on people who have been there and, and, and done it before. Yeah, that's huge. And um, thank you for sharing. And it's, you know, you, I'm curious. So for people who are listening and we, and we kind of look at how do we take some of the experiences of the guests and apply those to, to our lives and do something that we can be more aware of that'll help us grow or become better. You know, when you, um, when you're developing relationships that have depth or that are genuine, how do you do that? Like what perspective do you take when kind of coming, when you don't really know what this relationship might become? Yeah. Um, are there some key things that you feel like are important in developing those relationships? Yeah, I do. I think, um, I think being a good listener um, is huge. And that's one thing I try to do is I always try to ask a lot of questions. Um, you know, it's just kind of intuitive. People do like to talk about themselves, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? Um, we, we all do. But really being a good listener and asking a lot of questions and being genuinely, and that's, I think, the one thing I'm genuinely interested in others and what they're doing and what they're thinking and you know what's important to them what are their values um you know what is their person what's going on in their personal life i try to take it deeper than just the work and what you know what we're trying to work on together it's really getting to know them under the surface um i think is 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 critical 
Um, and listening is a huge part of that. I think something else too is being extremely vulnerable. Um, you know, you can't, I don't think you can develop a deep relationship with someone if there isn't some vulnerability there on, on both sides. Um, so really, you know, kind of opening it up and, and going under the surface and putting yourself out there. I, I try to do that as, you know, obviously like, you know, not the first sentence when you meet someone, you're not going to do that, but you know, um, as, as you, as you develop that relationship, you know, a little further and further, it's, um, you know, it just, it just goes deeper. And I think being vulnerable is, is part of that. And I think that's something that comes with age and experience too. You know, it's just not intuitive when you're young and it's probably even worse now with technology and people, you know, I think the younger generations are not great with social interaction. You know, they're great on the computer, great on the phone, but not great face to face. Um, so I think that's really, you know, I try to be face to face a lot, be vulnerable, always listen. Um, I think those are some of, some of the keys and look at the end of the day, you're going to hit it off with some people and some people not as much. Um, and that's, that's okay too. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're so right about, um, you know, sort of growing into that place because I think there's also something about it. That, and I'm curious if you agree that, you know, you sort of have to know yourself, I feel right. like, and, and sometimes, you know, being vulnerable and all of that comes as you just begin to accept yourself. And then it's something kind of amazing, I believe, starts to happen. We, I don't know if you can hear this, but my dog is now squeaking his his squeaky all around me. Um, <laughs> and I'm trying to act like I don't know, but he's just right here doing it. And I'm sure everyone else can hear it too. Um, but, you know, it's, it's this idea of like once we are, we accept ourselves and um, then we sort of create a freedom for the other person to just be themselves. Right. Right. And it's kind of interesting, Adam, you know, in, in my experiences of just getting to know you, these things that you're saying um, is exactly how you live. I mean, I have always experienced such a, a comfortable uh, kind of just trustworthy sort of place when I'm when I'm with you. And I, I can imagine that as you um, have built your network, people are gravitating towards that. Um, yeah. I think you brought up something that, that you said too is like trustworthy. And I, you know, as I go back to think of one of the traits of building deep relationships, you know, trust, I think is at the foundation. Um, trust it's, it's, it goes in such a huge way and, and a long way. And if you are able to develop that trust and, and people trust you, um, they're going to be more open with you and you know, they're not going to, it's not going to be surface level. There's not going to be walls up, you know, they're going to let those walls down. So, you know, I think you brought that up. I think that's another great point um, into going and developing deep and meaningful relationships. Yeah, it is. It's 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 all such a inward. You know, I kind of joke about it a little bit, but really, I feel like um, our ability to really build relationships with people outside and and other people starts with our ability to have a true relationship with ourselves mm -hmm. and be willing to you know be a trustworthy person. I right, mean, right. you know, it's like, do what you say you're going to do, you know, um, and Simple. build this thing. Yeah. And, and, and people are like, how, you know, but it's not this always be closing mentality. I, I think it's so much deeper than that. And, um, mm -hmm. and I, I can tell, you know, when you build relationships, you're building them with this long-term perspective, not this immediate gratification. Right. Right. Yep. No, no question. And if, if it's for immediate gratification, it comes off as not authentic. Um, I think you can see through it pretty quickly that, you know, this person is only interested in me because there's something that they're going to gain out of it, not, um, not anything else. And that's a huge, you know, that's a huge turnoff. And I've met people like that and it's, 
it's a pretty quick, uh, you know, decision after, after the fact of, you know, probably not gonna, probably not gonna pursue that, that relationship because, you know, they're trying to take advantage of me. And, um, you know, I don't think that's, that's not the type of relationships I want to have at the end of the day. Yeah. And, and it's not the kind of person you want to connect any of the people that you care about to. Right. 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 I mean, no, like no you question. Sort of become, yeah. You can become sort of gatekeepers to the rest of your <laughs> network. Like, <laughs> Oh no, you're not, you're not, you're not one of us, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it becomes kind of clear pretty quickly, I think, but so as you, you know, your, your profession and my profession are different in the sense that, you know, I build business for another business. Um, mm -hmm. But you as the business owner and still responsible for building the business, you may not do network, networking groups and, and leads groups in the same sense that maybe I do, but what do you do to sort of build your social capital or to build your network? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, I think it evolves as you get older too and more established you know so when I was when I was younger and I just moved to Denver and I knew a few people here but not a lot um, I really got involved in a lot of uh, trade organizations uh, ULI, NAOP, um, spent a lot of time at those just networking getting getting to know people um, and I think that was really I mean honestly I some of my best friends I've met through that actually uh, to you know best friends to this day so I think that's really important, but as, uh, and that's more like, the sh I would call that more the shotgun approach where you're kind of putting yourself out there at, at all kinds of networking events and just trying to make as many, many connections as possible and to see where those connections might go. As I've progressed now further into my career, it's more, um, I think intentional, if you will. So, uh, you know, it's really, it's kind of uh, friends of friends and that, that's really what it is now. It's like, Hey, like, I know what you're all about. You should meet my, you should meet my buddy over here. And it's, so it's more, now it's more one-on-one -on -one, uh, because I know, um, you know, the type of people I need in my network um, to, to make my business successful and, and also to, you know, just uh, for my own, you know, my own happiness too. Yeah. So, um, so it's a much more, um, it's a much more intentional, it's much more streamlined and I would say, or I don't know if streamlined is the right word, much more intentional. It's more one-on-one, -on -one, if you will. And I think that allows you to get into, it's, it, it's not surface level. It's not as much surface level talk. It's, Hey, you know, let's, let's get down and under the surface really quickly. So that's, that's really what it is. And, you know, it's, um, at this point in time, it's, it's hard, you know, because, you only have so much time in the day to do your work and maintain your social network. Sometimes it's hard to, sometimes it's hard to meet new people outside of, of your network and, and maintain those relationships and, and do your work and, and be a good parent, all those things. So it's just being really thoughtful um, with your time and intentional with it. But what I would say too, is I've had a couple of meetings right before the pandemic that I thought, you know, it was more of a favor of a friend. And then I meet these, you know, I, I meet these people for coffee and, you know, I'm just blown away and instant, you know, instant friendship. And so you just never know. You can't go into uh, any sort of meeting um, with someone new with any sort of judgment um, is, is what I've found. Because if you go in open, usually there's there's something that you can you can ultimately get out of it. Absolutely. Uh, so, I, I, I don't know if that, did that answer your question. Totally. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's the, that's, that's your reality and, and you're right. I mean, it's, 
even in this in this pandemic, you know, it's like I'm trying to understand how do we continue to build our network? How do we continue to grow our our connections and help other people do the same thing? And um, and so it's funny that you said it because one of the things I've come up with as a way to continue to meet people I wouldn't I don't know and I wouldn't meet is by um, asking some of the people in my network. Hey, is there one person in, that you know that I probably don't know that you think it would make sense for me to know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I'm getting some introductions that way. And it is, it's so powerful because those people already know me. And so right, as right. they're scanning their Rolodex of people, um, they can make an introduction that's already a bit warm. Right. And yep, then we yep. can ju do just like you said, and we can kind of start from a, a little bit deeper place from the very get go, just based on our, our commonality as of being introduced. Yeah. So, uh, so I think it's very relevant and, um, you know, I was curious, I, I wrote down the obstacle is the way, uh, as a book that you mentioned, is there any yeah. other books that you recommend or that you're reading right now? Gosh, um, I am reading, I like Simon Sinek. Um, yeah. I don't know if you know him at all, but yeah. you know, he's, he's, I think one of the four leaders in, um, or thought leaders in, in leadership and the approach in organizations and things. So, um, you know, I'm re reading the book right now, finding, I think it's finding your why. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just really kind of, just really going deep and, you know, trying to find that motivation as to what, you know, what makes us go every day and making sure that we live um, true to the, true to those values, you know? Um, yeah, there's, I mean, a lot of, a lot of great books. Um, another or podcasts I, or are you, do you, do, what are you? Yeah. Are you a reader, a podcaster? Um, a well, I, I'm more of a, more of a reader. I do a little bit of podcasts. Um, I do like, there's one that's called Transforming Cities. Um, oh. it's a, it's interesting, um, gentleman here in Denver. He brings interesting folks from the design community in, um, which is really, really interesting and something I'm, I'm super interested in and, and focused on. And then, um, yeah, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People is is a really interesting book. Most people have read it, but I think it's good to get a reminder. And then, you know, one of the the first books I read actually out of college, and I think it actually goes to the, uh, you know, kind of what we're talking about today in, in social capital is uh, how to win, you know, Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people. Um, yeah, I'm reading that right now. Yeah, such a such a good book. A lot of great reminders in there and, and tidbits and stories and it's just, uh, you know, I read that book every couple of years, just as a refresher reminder, helps, helps you stay grounded. Um, yeah. You know, as we talked earlier, sometimes you can get in your own head a little bit. And yeah. I think that really brings a lot of, uh, uh, you know, a, a good perspective. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing because we'll have those in your show notes as well. Um, yeah. It's always fun to just hear what other people, because that's where I get most of like my good reads. And yeah. actually, I mean, to be totally honest right now, I find that I'm more on audible than I am actually reading, right, right. but, um, but a lot of those are coming from just recommendations from people that I, I talk to. So thank you yeah. for, uh, for giving us those. Um, you know, I'm curious also, like, just if there's also a mantra or just a quote that you find yourself during right now or, or at a certain time in your life that was transformational, just meaning a lot to you. Um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. We, you, you actually said it earlier, but do what you say you're going to do. You know, it's simple. It seems simple. So many people don't do it. And, and I'm guilty of it as well, right? There's a lot of times I say I'm going to do something and I don't do it. So, um, I, I try to really be thoughtful about that. And, you know, I, I think, you know, that's kind of the number one and everything else is points back to number one. If, if you do it, do what you say you're going to do, you know, and if you do that, then everything else will usually 
take care of itself. <laughs> right? That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. I um I agree. It's it's can how, be challenging how are you? to do it. What's yours? What's what's yours? Mine I think is the best is yet to come. Yeah. Yeah. I just find myself everywhere I go, I see that and I hear songs that say it and I <laughs> it's just like uh people I think I must be saying it a lot because people give me stuff that says that. And um, <laughs> so I just think it it's a constant um expectation of something good. Yeah. And believing yeah. that we haven't seen the best yet, as good as it has been, or as good as it might be, we we still have things to hope for and expect for. So yeah, for sure. For um, sure. So Adam, you know, you've kind of given us um, your your sort of life picture in a nutshell, mm -hmm. and uh, we yeah. appreciate you sharing that. And I'm curious, um, is there anything that you're involved in right now, or anything that you want to bring light to that we can get behind and support as well? Oh gosh, um, that's a good. I wasn't prepared for that one. Um, <laughs> well, you know, some people have like nonprofits that they um and that they are yeah. affiliated with, or yeah. just things that are on their heart. Sure, sure. Um, you know, there's one. Uh, you know, I do do volunteer down at the the homeless shelter down downtown, serving food down Is that there. Jesus saves. Um, yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, you know, it's. I, I am guilty. I haven't been down there in a while, but uh, that's one I, you know, it's just, man, to, to, you know, to see. Hey, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. And, hey, yeah, right, I wasn't right. putting you on the spot. I mean, I understand yeah. there's a lot. Life no, is interesting right now. No, but, um, that's a, that's a good one. And then um, there's, there's another one. This is actually a gentleman I met through an introduction. We had a mutual friend and his name is Justin Kruger. And I know Justin. Made, yeah. I should yeah. have him on and the show. You should have him on, right? What he's doing is amazing, amazing work. It is amazing. Um, and, you know, so you know, he has Project Helping, and then um, he's got an app. And really, it's just a, uh, what, what it is, it's the conduit for volunteer. And, yeah. you know, volunteering, you know, it's kind of crazy, but it just can be really, really difficult sometimes. You know, yeah. you want to you give your time, and you have to jump through so many hoops and sign up here and sign up there, and now they're not taking any more applicants. And... So he just makes it really, really super simple and really easy. He's got a uh, he's got an app as well, and I can't think of the name off the top of my head. It's Kind K Y N D. I can't remember the the rest of it. We'll, but, we'll put it um, in the show notes. Yeah, I'll I'll figure I'll find out what it is. But he, I mean, he's he touches thousands. I think he uh, maybe last year thirty three thousand people. I think he told me wow. that they you know made contact with. That's that's incredible. And how his organization came to be is is actually really incredible as well and yeah. um yeah i just think they're doing great great things and um you know i'm pretty new to the you know learning about it you know within the last three to four months and then this pandemic hasn't helped but um that's definitely an organization that uh i think is doing great things and um that i'm gonna be very involved with in the future awesome yeah matt stewart um has also been on the show and he talked he brought about uh brought up project helping as well so yeah um kind of fun that everybody people are connected that we didn't even right. know and see this is part of how that social capital works you realize like right. oh my gosh this whole idea of six degrees of separation really is so much smaller yeah. these days so true so true well adam we um have so appreciated your time and having you here and um, you know, before we wrap up, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share? Uh, that's a good question. And, you know, I think, um, you know, back to the social capital, I think it's just really, you know, kind of the three things that we talked about, I think, are the, the foundation and the basis for creating really 
authentic relationships. And, and we all say that and everyone wants it, but no one always knows exactly what that means. And, and I think it's, it's relationships that have trust as, as the foundation, as we talked about. Um, it's being a listener, it's being interested in what, what's going on in other people's lives and being there to support them within that with no judgment. Um, and then I think the last component is, you know, being vulnerable, right? Um, you can't create a deep relationship without being vulnerable. Uh, you can't expect someone else to be vulnerable if you're not. So uh, it, it's, it's amazing with some of the things that I've gone through in the last, you know, six to eight months. And when I open up to people about what's going on in my personal life and being very vulnerable with it, um, you know, personal and work and, you know, people just all of a sudden, it's amazing what they respond with. And, yeah. you know, I've, I know more about a lot of people that, that, uh, you know, once I started doing that, I saw a huge change in how people respond to that. Uh, so it's been really interesting. But, the, you know, I think keeping those three things in mind are, are really, really key. Awesome. And I agree. Um, and I, I really appreciate you sharing that with us because we can take that and, and be aware as we go into our own networks of how we can really be adding value and um, building relationships that matter. So Adam, I just thank you again and uh, look forward to seeing, we'll have all of your contact information in the show notes. And I look forward to seeing where life takes you as you continue yeah. on this journey. <laughs> uh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. <laughs> thank you. That's all for this episode of Social Capital Expert. Please visit socialcapitalexpert.com for show notes, additional episodes, and to see who will be visiting us next on the show. Also, be sure to check out our upcoming Social Capital Mixers. These are events where we can connect in person to build social capital. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you join us for the next episode.